0: Uh, one would hope. Oh, so next is Oklahoma, as I mentioned. Uh, I've met some cool folks from Oklahoma. And this is comes from the Daily Coast, And I've read a few other articles as well about this. And this was from uh, last Friday, April 22nd. Uh, hashtag not going back. Oklahoma, GOP, House, and Senate passed egregious bill on abortion. And again, these fucking men, like, more often than not, it's these dudes passing these stupid bills that harm people. And... Okay, gonna breathe, gonna relax. Oh, well, I don't know if I'll relax, but I'm gonna breathe. And this was written by Leslie Salzillo. Um, I can't even. The words in my head are obscene. I probably shouldn't take to the keyboard, but then I probably should. To the poorly advised Democrats, liberals, and progressives who say they're not going to vote if their chosen candidate doesn't win, take a look at your fucking future. And that's their words, not mine. I'm not adding swears to this story. In a story earlier today, Meteor Blades writes, abortion remains legal nationwide despite being ever more hampered by forced birther machinations. It therefore seems impossible that a bill just passed by the Oklahoma House of Representatives to pull the license of any doctor who performs an abortion will pass constitutional muster. Blades reports the bill has now passed in the Republican-led House and Senate. It's now up to another Republican lawmaker, Governor Mary Fallon, and you can contact her and tell her not to pass it. And I'll read that about how you can chip chip in, how you can have your voice shared to, to, to get her to, not get her, but to suggest that it should not be passed. Under the bill, uh, I feel like there should be like a A wall to punch or just punching bags or just things that we can do to our anger because the fact that there are people in positions of power who are all right I'm gonna read this bill and then uh, hope you're sitting down or breathing or doing whatever because it's gonna make you angry under the bill any doctor who performs an abortion except to save the life of a woman or to preserve her health which uh, would have his or her license taken away the Oklahoma State Medical Association has opposed the bill, viewing it as an attempt to intimidate physicians and inject politics into the physician patient relationship. I'm stunned that this POS bill would get this far, and I'm writing to call for action. If Oklahoma Governor Mary Fallon signs it, she may very well kiss her political career goodbye. She's in a bad spot. Damned if you do, and damned if you don't. Compliments of the good old boys in the good old party, that's GOP, where extremists rule the day. But then, it was her choice to remain a member of a party that votes against women. To contact Governor Fallon, here is her office phone and fax. I am unable to find an email at this time, but uh, when and if you call, please keep in mind that although she is part of the problem, she did not create the bill, nor has she signed it yet. It is hoped she will do the right thing. And Governor Mary Fallon, if you want to send her a letter, I'll read the address, or if you're in Oklahoma, I don't, if I have any listeners out in Oklahoma City or you know folks... Go give her a visit. It's uh, so Oklahoma State Capitals at 2300 North Lincoln Boulevard, room 212 in Oklahoma City. I can send her a postcard even. Uh, it's Oklahoma City, okay. 73105. Call on the phone. 405-521-2342. Again, that's 405-521-2342. Let your voice be heard. If you have a fax machine and you feel like sending a fax, why not do that? The fax number is 405-521-3353. And uh, then they have a quote from Susan B. Anthony, as there should be, I guess, in a lot of places. Uh, No self-respecting woman should wish or work for the success of a party that ignores her sex. And that's from 1872, a long time ago. The debate over our right to choose what's best for our bodies and our future will most likely outlive us. But... We fight because it's what our foremothers and forefathers did for us, and it's what we must do for our daughters and their daughters. It's been said in different ways that anti-choice legislation will never end abortions. They will only create unsafe abortions. Be sure, we are hashtag not going back to the alley. And not going back is the only part of the hashtag to the alleys after that. Here are 13 large and small reproductive rights organizations and social media groups to visit slash support. They can offer information and or discussion about women's rights and laws against women. Uh, Planned Parenthood, NARAL, which I hugely support. I also support Planned Parenthood, but NARAL more so. uh, Pro-Choice America. NOW, National Organization for Women. uh, NAF, which is the National Abortion Federation. RH Reality. UniteWomen.org. Abortion.com. I'm glad that exists. Uh, Fight Laws Against Women. We Are Fuse. and That's F-U-S-E. Abigail Adams Brigade pro-choice liberals stop patriarchy now and center for reproductive rights also those last two yes uh the Guttmacher institute is an excellent source of women's reproductive data and current legislation many thanks to meteor blades for reporting this news and for his continued pro-choice advocacy for women's reproductive rights you can read the story here and they have a link to that and so we march on and we are hashtag not going back. And you can find all the links to all these organizations on the Facebook page, facebook.com weeklyrev weekly rev. I think it's time for some more music. Here's another song that was performed and it's kind of angry, but also has a nice uh, beat to it. So play this music and then we'll be back with some more stories, some positive and some, mm, we'll, we'll we'll find ways to, to make it positive. Any song that mentions wearing sweatpants I think is great. That was uh, The band's called Andrew Jackson Jihad, and the song's called Hate Rain On Me. Next, we're gonna have a story from The Intercept, one of my favorite places to find news, and this is written by Glenn Greenwald, whom I used to call my boyfriend jokingly. I uh, met him once and I dig his writing and that he questions uh, authority and uh, just really stands up for what's happening what's going on so this comes from The Intercept and you can find that at theintercept.com new study shows mass surveillance breeds meekness fear and self-censorship amen to that and I think that's kind of like what a lot of us already knew and this uh, just explains that a little bit more and extrapolates uh, some more ideas behind that and why that is and this came out on April 28th that was yesterday All right. A newly published study from Oxford's John Penny provides empirical evidence for a key argument long made by privacy advocates, that the mere existence of a surveillance state breeds fear and conformity and stifles free expression. Reporting on the study, The Washington Post this morning described this phenomenon. If we think that authorities are watching our online actions, we might stop visiting certain websites or not say certain things just to avoid seeming suspicious. The new study documents how, in the wake of the 2013 Snowden revelations, of which 87% of Americans are aware, there was a 20% decline in page views on Wikipedia articles related to terrorism, including those that mentioned al-Qaeda, car bomb, or Taliban. People were afraid to read articles about those topics because of fear that doing so would bring them under a cloud of suspicion. The dangers of that dynamic were expressed well by Penny. If people are spooked or deterred from learning about important policy matters like terrorism and national security, this is a real threat to proper democratic debate. As the post explains, several other studies have also demonstrated how mass surveillance crushes free expression and free thought. A 2015 study examined Google search data and demonstrated that post Snowden, users were less likely to search using search terms that they believed might get them in trouble with the U.S. government, and that these results suggest that there is a chilling effect on search behavior from government surveillance on the Internet. The fear that causes self-censorship is well beyond the realm of theory. Ample evidence demonstrates that it's real and rational. A study from PEN, PEN, America writers found that one in six writers had curbed their content out of fear of surveillance and showed that writers are not only overwhelmingly worried about government surveillance, but are engaging in self-censorship as a result. Scholars in Europe have been accused of being terrorist supporters by virtue of possessing research materials on extremist groups, while British libraries refuse to house any material on the Taliban for fear of being prosecuted for material material support for terrorism. There are also numerous psychological studies demonstrating that people who believe they are being watched, engaged in behavior, far more compliant, conformist, and submissive than those who believe they are acting without monitoring. That same realization served centuries ago as the foundation of Jeremy Bentham's panopticon that behaviors of large groups of people can be effectively controlled through architectural structures that make it possible for them to be watched at any given moment, even though they can never know if they are in fact being monitored, thus forcing them to act as if they are always being watched. The same self-censoring chilling effect of the potential of being surveyed was also the crux of the tyranny about which Orwell warned in 1984. There was, of course, no way of knowing whether you were being watched at any given moment, how often, or on what system, the thought police plugged in on any individual wire was guesswork. It was even conceivable that they watched everybody all the time. But at any rate, they could plug in your wire whenever they wanted to. You had to live, did live, from habit that became instinct, and the assumption that every sound you made was overheard, and except in darkness, every movement scrutinized. This is a critical, though elusive point, which, as the post notes, I've been arguing for years, including in the 2014 TED Talk I gave about the harms of privacy erosions, But one of my first visceral encounters with this harmful dynamic arose years before I worked on NSA disclosures. It occurred in 2010, the first time I ever wrote about WikiLeaks. This was before any of the group's most famous publications. What prompted my writing about WikiLeaks back then was a secret 2008 Pentagon report that declared the then-little-known group a threat to national security and plotted how to destroy it a report which, ironically enough, was leaked to Wikileaks, which then published it online. Shortly thereafter, Wikileaks published a 2008 CIA report describing, precisely, it turns out, how the best hope for maintaining popular European support for the war in Afghanistan would be the election of Barack Obama as president, since he would be a pretty popular progressive face on war policies. As a result of that 2008 report, I researched WikiLeaks and interviewed its founder, Julian Assange, and found that they had been engaging in vital transparency projects around the world, from exposing illegal corporate waste dumping in East Africa to political corruption and official lies in Australia. But they had one significant problem. Funding and human resource shortfalls were preventing them from processing and publishing numerous leaks. So, I wrote an article describing their work and recommended that my readers support that work either by donating or volunteering, and I included links for how they could do so. In response, a large number of American readers expressed in emails in the comment section at private events, I'm sorry, at public events, the fear to me that, while they support WikiLeaks' work, they were petrified that supporting them would cause them to end up on a government list somewhere, or worse, charged with crimes if WikiLeaks ended up being formally charged as a national security threat. In other words, these were Americans who were voluntarily relinquishing core civil liberties, the right to support journalism they believe in and to politically organize, because of fear that their online donations and work would be monitored and surveyed. Subsequent revelations showing persecution and surveillance against WikiLeaks and its supporters, including an effort to prosecute them for their journalism, proved that these fears were quite rational there is a reason governments, corporations, and multiple other entities of authority crave surveillance. It's precisely because the possibility of being monitored radically changes individual and collective behavior. Specifically, that possibility breeds fear and fosters collective conformity. That's always been intuitively clear. Now, there is mounting empirical evidence proving it. And I guess there'd be a pen drop, not a mic drop, but a pen drop because oh, that's that's there. Okay, so this kind of go, goes along with it. I can't, I mean, sometimes I find when I do segues with these stories, it's kind of easy. Uh, it's, it's tricky because a lot of times I don't want to read these stories. And uh, I still choose to because uh, people, not everyone has a chance to share their voice and to share their stories and what's happening with them. So the very least uh, one can do is is share sure what's happening to them and get the word out. This comes from Boing Boing, which is a cool site to check out. They have a lot of good articles on there. I've been checking them out for a few years now, and this is by Cory Doctorow, and this came out uh, Wednesday, April 13th. Te- in Texas, prisoners whose families maintain their social media presence face 45 days in solitary. Texas. Oh, And I know some folks from Texas who are in Texas. I visited once, uh seriously this this uh oh, the state uh oh, okay all right i i don't have anything to add to that i'm just, i'm just going to read the story i have a smile on my face uh uh because that will help me get through this massive, massive injustice happening. And it's always intriguing. That's one thing about this this uh, show. I end up finding new ways for people to be cruel to one another and to hurt one another. That's not. I'd rather it be the opposite. Like, let's find new ways for people to help each other and to uplift one another. That would be nice. Maybe I'll find some stories on that. So according to a new offender manual from Texas Department of Criminal Justice, prisoners whose families maintain a social media presence... To call attention to their incarceration will be liable to harsh punishment, including up to 45 days in solitary, loss of privileges, and extra work duty. It's another reason I want to get rid of prisons. E F F does not oppose prison restrictions that target criminal behavior or harassment on social media by inmates. (coughs) Getting to that point of the show where I'm starting to lose my voice. All right, on social. Okay, starting again. I'm gonna drink some water first, because that's gonna help the situation. That's gonna, that's gonna, that's gonna help the situation quite a bit. All right. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna have some water first and take a little bit of a, a mini break. It's not really a break if you're listening, because uh, I'm still here. I'm talking. What else can I say? It's a, it's a good day here in, uh, in San Francisco. Mm. There's a big protest, Donald Trump is in town, and by in town I mean in Burlingame, and a lot of folks showed up to protest, which is awesome. So hopefully we'll have some clips of that for next time on the show. A lot of folks uh, standing up against him. Not a fan. Oh, I got a quick story to tell that'll break the tension. Is there tension? No, probably just some sadness. Uh, So there's a, I was going to say operation, but it's a, a project called the Young Storytellers Foundation. And I've volunteered with them a number of times. And they have kids um, write plays. And the the kids all have mentors. And they they write plays together. And then they cast actors. And it's a very, it's kind of a quick. They they take time to write the plays. But then they do the the casting very quick. So we kind of show up showed up at, like, 9, and then they we do a very brief audition, which pretty much just we go up in front of the kids and say, I can do this. So some people are more physical. Some people are more, like, theatrically trained. I went up this time and was like, oh, I can play male or female characters because gender is fluid. And, you know, I like to get that message out there to the young folks because um, I feel like I would have appreciated that when I was young. Um, although I think think now it's things have gotten a lot more... Uh, in most places, kids are a lot more aware of the options as far as gender conformity goes and how one can rebel against that and how it's all an illusion. Anyway, so we do that little brief thing and then they cast us in, in their plays and um, there are some really cool plays. It was really cool. Um, one I was in, it was a, a about, there's this kid like going from like a pink cloud to a blue cloud and they end up combining it so it's purple. That's I'm not doing it justice, but it was really awesome, it was really just, kids are right on. And then there's another one where they're they're like trying to save the, the world from this like really evil guy named Bill, uh, spoiler alert. And I end up playing Bill and I have one line and it's like, I kind of walk on stage and it's like, tall guy with blonde hair, so not me, but I was cast as this person. And he goes up and he's like, I'm not really Bill, I'm Donald Trump. And then he gets like, he has like this cannon that like releases farts. And then it gets like it, uh, backfires on him, so he gets so Donald Trump gets covered in farts, and that was awesome. And so it was fun to be able to play that role. I don't necessarily see myself as a Trump-esque person, um, but it was awesome just to be like to inhabit this like jerk because um, I th- do think is a huge jerk, and his father was a jerk, and his grandfather was a jerk. It just kind of runs in the family, I guess. And uh, the kids have this like you know really great reaction to it, so it was awesome to be able to be like I'm playing this. A guy named Bill, who's really Donald Trump, who's a jerk, and to to see him be the the butt of a joke and to, to not win, I like that. I like people who are, mm, who are, you know, cruel and kind of entice people to hate and to and be divisive and are mean and uh, just very divisive and oppressive when when they don't get their way. I think that's great, and if that had happened more often in history, hey, things would be a lot better off for all of us. All right, so now that I'm in a better mood, let's, let's get me to a worse mood. Not a worse mood, but, you know, here we go. So we're going to read the story. How did I get on the... Oh, yeah, the, the Trump protests. So that's great that people are protesting that. Can't say ding-dong. Jerk. Oh, he's a jerk. He's a jerk. And again, ideally, I like to live in a world where one can just uplift, like, I like to uplift people instead of putting people down. However, when there are people who are causing a lot of harm, they need to be called out for what they are. So, speaking of people being called out for what they are. Let's see what these guys in Texas are doing, guys. I'm assuming they're guys, I'm assuming they're men because men cause a lot of problems. That's an assumption and uh, tell me, uh, I'd like to see someone disagree with me about that. We'd have a discussion, but I think I'd be right. All right. The EFF does not oppose prison restrictions that target criminal behavior. I'm going to start from the beginning because. Okay. Da, 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 da. Right. According to a new offender manual from Texas Department of Criminal Justice, prisoners whose families maintain a social justice social nope social media presence to call attention to their incarceration will be liable to harsh punishment, including up to 45 days in solitary, loss of privileges, and extra work duty. AFF does not oppose prison restrictions that target criminal behavior or harassment on social media by inmates. However, a person does not lose all their rights to... And you're listening to Mutiny Radio. This is Roman here. I'm uh, subbed in for House of Pride. They will be back uh, hopefully very soon. I'll be doing a very early episode here of the Weekly Review, getting started right now. Uh, you're listening to Mutiny Radio, getting a few, <laughs> few things started here. And uh, stay tuned. We'll have some music, some news stories, some things that will hopefully not depress you too much. I mean, the world's chaotic and it's problematic, and that's not a surprise to anyone. And the best we can do is try to find a way to work together and uh, stop all the intolerance from happening and work together and be there for each other and take care of each other. So stay tuned, and we'll be starting the show in just a little bit. And until then, we'll be playing some music. I kind of run things a little funny around here. I shouldn't say funny necessarily, but uh, things take their time to get moving. So just one moment, and we'll be... Here momentarily in health service the agency shuttered the er in early december two weeks after federal inspectors uncovered serious failures that they said put patients lives at risk the lawsuit which the associated press obtained Ahead of it being filed contends that the Indian Health Service, an arm of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, broke the law because an evaluation of the impact of the closure wasn't submitted to Congress at least a year before it was shut down, as required by the Indian Health Care Improvement Act. That evaluation must include several factors, including the quality of health care that would remain after such a closure, as well as the views of the tribe affected. It also requires the government to take into account how far tribal members would have to go to get care. the Weekly Review. It's Wednesday. Today, I believe, is the 23rd of November 2016. Doing the show a couple days early. Usually do it on a Friday. Today, it's a Wednesday. Uh, Shout out to House of Pride host uh, uh, Tweeka Turner and Pearl Tease, who are not here at the moment, and um, hopefully we'll add some positivity here at the station in their place. Um, Yeah. This is a news program, if folks haven't listened to it before. It's depressing and enraging and frustrating, as the news is, as current events are. We've been doing the show for almost three years now, and have things gone downhill? Yeah, sure. Uh, But I think a lot of us have been not necessarily prepared for it, but there's a lot of things that are happening in the world that many folks have been talking about for a very long time, and now we see some people are waking up to it. For instance, that uh, white supremacy exists. And that folks have infiltrated government and law enforcement. That's a, a big thing of the show, is talking about people in positions of power who fuck things up for the rest of us. It's a very common theme. So what we can do is talk about it. We can find solutions. We can find ways to work together. And one of my favorite things about the show is being able to talk to community organizers, activists, artists, uh, folks who are here and doing good work and surviving and finding ways to be resourceful. In, in the times that we live in. And it's not easy. There's a lot of messages we get, not just from the powers that be, not just from the state, which are super problematic and I think the biggest problems that we have, to be honest, but from the media, for instance, which I feel is complicit. I'm talking very fast. I haven't even had coffee today. We we get a lot of messages saying that we're not good enough, that we're not okay, that we need to fight one another, and that's what's happening. And I want to just put forth the idea that we need to attack the system and not each other. And uh, it's I think it's a lot easier for folks to attack one another. I myself have Taken part in that, and I do feel the need for self defense. Of course, because we are seeing much more attacks since the election. There were some before the election of uh, white supremacists coming coming out and attacking people of color, attacking women, attacking Muslims, uh, Jews, uh, LGBTQ folks. Um, we've been we've been seeing more an increase in these attacks, and those are just the reported attacks. And of course, these attacks have been happening since before. And I feel like, I, I don't want to, I know there's a phrase like Monday morning quarterbacking, but a lot of folks have been talking about how, hey, this has been happening for a long time. We need to stop this from happening. And there's been an increase in that. So for a lot of folks, there's this idea of, where have you been this entire time when we've been talking about this and lives have been being taken? And folks have, I think there's that that natural thing. And again, I don't, I don't want to, I won't say, I am on a soapbox. I'll definitely say that for sure. But I also feel like... I don't want to discredit. I, I am a hypocrite in a lot of ways. I, I am a function of society. I, I do partake in that, the, the, how it's very difficult to live in a capitalist society without, you know, we're good. We get pushed around and then we push other people around. And I myself am guilty of that as well. So I want to acknowledge that. And I am thinking about ways in which we can, you know, get out of the system. Again, we need to attack the system and not each other. And I was going to get, make another point uh, before that. Um, Oh yeah, there's a documentary called, first of all, if you're on Netflix and want to watch some documentaries, do that. Uh, a great one called 13th, which came out maybe about a month ago, a couple two months ago. It's really just incredible and really very informative, and I recommend that everyone watch it. Um talks about mass incarceration, like slavery through like mass incarceration and how just ugh, this country. <sighs> yeah. Ugh. Um, watch it. Please watch it. And there's another documentary called Welcome to Lathe. And it talks about a small town in the Midwest, and uh, some white supremacists want to move in, and it's how the town handles it. And one of the the facts in the in the documentary was just about how Southern Poverty Law Center was were they were an organization that were interviewed, or some people from there, and they were saying how after the War on Terror in 2003, a lot of the funds and the attention that used to go to monitor white supremacist groups and neo-Nazi groups in the U.S. Um, that they that th- that funding kind of went out out the door that's not the expression out the window that's the expression or it was transferred instead to you know fight the the evil doers that's a my you can't see me but my fingers are doing quotation marks to imitate one of my least favorite people in the universe w um and now cheney's really even worse they're so ugh. and again when i came into the studio they were playing uh there was an older show i'd, I'd done uh, so that was interesting to hear that and it was from months and months ago and one of the things I was talking about was just this idea of, and that's, gosh, how self-serving am I? talking? I'm quoting myself from another show. Anyway, but the point is, I think it's pretty important, like, how can we get to a place where we don't talk shit about other people? But then I feel like when there's people in positions of power who are starting wars, unjust wars, and inciting violence, we can talk shit about them. I think that's in our right. Oh, yeah. So this documentary is just pretty much like, you know, it's, it's the fucking neocons and, like, the, there there were people who were monitoring these hate groups and, and that also goes into something else too with like the FBI and COINTELPRO and just how like they you know managed to like go in and infiltrate and like get, get rid of the Black Panthers which is a group that was helping people and like other organizations that were helping people those are you know they infiltrated them and like were killing people were members of the those groups and instead the KKK is still around like why <sighs> Whew. So, seeing that this is something that's been going on for a very long time, and I think a lot of people are waking up to it now, and I honestly wonder um, what it would be like if uh, if Clinton, and then now there's also talking about like election fraud, and I believe the whole thing's rigged anyway, like it's not, you know, they wouldn't have let a socialist be president. That would have been nice. A communist, a socialist, anarchist. Would an anarchist even run for office? Probably not. But the idea is that uh, the powers that be don't want anyone who's going to make a lot of changes. They're going to want someone who's going to, be in bed with Wall Street, who's gonna start wars, who's gonna continue on with the status quo and keep the wealthy people being wealthy and everyone else getting fucked and not in a good way. It's kind of fun doing the show at night, I feel a lot more alert. (sighs) Oh yeah, so they're talking about election fraud, and so now Jill Stein, who I'm a fan of, she she got a lot of hate, she got a lot of hate, a lot of third party folks um, got a lot of hate. There's just so much, and that goes back to the idea that we need to attack the system and not each other. If we're really going to be in this together, and I think, I do believe there was a slogan was, uh, stronger together, which I don't feel has been, (laughs) people haven't really been living up to that, because if you're stronger together, you would listen to all sides on the left, um, instead of, people talk so much shit about Jill Stein, it makes me so angry, so angry, and there's like all that misinformation about her being an anti-vaxxer, which isn't true. And, you know, it's like, if you weren't threatened by her, then why are you starting rumors about her? Anyway, so now she's, like, gonna lead this recall, the recall voting, and so some folks who are hardcore Clinton supporters, and are like, wow, Jill Stein, cool, and I'm like, yep. And I don't want to be like, told you so, but I'm also like, told you so. And also, of course, I need to say that I think the whole system's corrupt and fucked up, and no matter who you have in office, things are messed up, so we need a complete change and overhaul of the system. So I want to, like, make that clear. Um, I do feel like one can vote for one's conscience, though. No one I've ever voted for has ever been elected president. (laughs) I don't see that ever changing. My point being, oh, yeah, so now folks are like, uh, so so Jill's like, yeah, let's recount these votes, <laughs> and that's great. And so there's some folks who normally would have been like, er, you know, like, oh, er, Jill Stein, er, I don't know, you know, keeping her at a distance, are not like, oh, that's cool, because um, they recognize that, you know, she's trying to do some good overall. And I also, I want to also just totally recognize the idea for folks who feel like you, uh, Colin Kaepernick said he didn't vote with the idea that you can't vote yourself out of oppression, and I really respect that, and I... I totally salute the folks who salute, that's not a word I usually use, but, like, recognize that, where this idea that play by playing into the system, we don't leave room for, I think you can change the system on the outside, I think that's even more important to, like, figure out how we can do that, instead of, like, every two, every four years, find other ways of being that are not through the system. So I totally respect that, and I want to, like, acknowledge that, and also for, like, indigenous folks, like, yeah, you're voting for, like, fucking colonizers, like, what the fuck? Like, why, I mean, there's there's so much sense that goes into not wanting to support that, Absolutely. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, so Jill Stein's like, yeah, let's count these votes. And so now people who before were like, Jill Stein, or oh, I don't know. And if you could see me, I'm like wagging my finger. Um, and so I'm like, yeah, cool. And then there's still still some people who are like, Jill Stein, I don't trust her. She's I don't like her. I don't, you know, and like it's like, what does she have to do to earn your respect? So that's going to earn, earn our first uh, musical segue into the next song that I'll be playing. I open up the show with Dream On by Aerosmith. And I feel like that was a pretty good song, because that's kind of how I feel in this mood right now. Um, with the idea of, like, dream until your dreams come true. And maybe that's, like, naive, but I'm also thinking about, like, absolute fucking revolution and people taking care of themselves. And I don't want to incriminate myself too much, but I feel like I've already done that on the show in my time here. Um, But just people really defending themselves, really, really, really defending themselves and not relying on the state to do so, and, like, communities looking out for each other. And I think how awesome that would be. So dream on, dream until your dreams come true. Like, that's fucking positive. I don't know if in the 70s, Aerosmith was really thinking about in that regard. Maybe they were. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I also was like on an airplane recently and they had a, the in-flight magazine and had Steven Tyler on the cover. And I'm like, I, I, I like Aerosmith. I like hard rock. You know, that's cool. And he's just like, yeah, life's been pretty good. And like, he kind of mentioned his addiction issues or whatever, but he's like, come out on top. He's come out okay on this. I, if one is to judge one's quote-unquote success, like, what is success? That could be anything. It could be spiritual. It doesn't have to be material wealth or, you know, career achievement. It could be anything. It could be health. It could be relationship. It could be anything. Um it could be taking down the man. That would be great. Um, and they did have a song called Eat the Rich off the Get a Grip album from 1993, so we'll give them that. But, you know, Steven Tyler was just like, yep, things have been pretty good for me. I'm recording a solo album now. It's pretty scary, but I'm doing all right. And they had all these photos of him and he's wearing nail polish and scarves and he's looking pretty, pretty. And, you know, and I was thinking about that song, like, yeah, dream on, (laughs) dream until your dreams come true. So that's something positive. And again, I'd rather be like naive and and positive and uh, be disappointed than be be like, oh, all hope is lost. What's the point? Because things are going to happen no matter what. And there is an article I'm probably going to read a little bit later on that's super depressing, and it's about trans rights, and it's written by uh, an author who's preparing to move out of the country, and the thing, my, my, and I don't know much about the, the the laws and the bills, and part of that's maybe my own lack, I don't want to use the word laziness, but maybe it's also just like I disrespect a lot of the, just, the quote-unquote justice system, because I know it fucks people over, and the people who wrote it are bastards, if I can use that word can I? I can, but, you know, is that really accurate? But I, I don't really trust the, the, the quote-unquote justice system, so ugh, I'll leave it there. And I'm also just, I didn't go to law school, and then maybe I'm making excuses. I am making, not maybe, I am making excuses for not to, like, learn about But he's, like, you know, concretely laying out examples of why, with this new administration, it's gonna be really difficult for trans people if you have all these folks, and I'm trans, by the way, if you didn't, if you're listening for the first time, you don't know. Anyway, so by, you know, by um, uh, listing all of these different, like, the people who are in positions of power and, like, ways, like, laws they can pass to criminalize trans folks. And I've been hearing a lot of, there's, of course, there's been the uptick in suicidal ideas. You know, like, I don't want to, there's that fear of, like, I don't want to talk about something if it's going to make things worse. But then also, I want to recognize that it's existing and give it, give it a voice and give it presence. So, of course, within the trans community, there's always been a lot, not always, but maybe, I mean, back before the fucking Pilgrims invaded... So before then, you know, things were a little bit better. Um, but just at, at recent times with colonialism coming in and not wanting to accept more than two genders, and even at that, you know, like, totally dismissive of women. <sighs> anyway, uh, so there's, like, I mean, tough times were here in the first place, and then to make things even more difficult by having this new administration coming in that's so vehemently LGBT. And, like, of course, I believe that all the folks who are really homophobic are the ones who are, who are super, you know, they themselves are dealing with a lot of internalized homophobia and they can't quite deal with it. And then they take it out on the folks who can accept it. And that's really problematic. Got Larry Craig. There's so many of those folks in Congress, like this really uptight anti-gay. And I'm pretty much for not outing people unless you are actively like a, a, like a, a religious leader and or a politician and or someone in a position of power and you're actively preaching against LGBTQ people. They should be outed immediately do it yesterday, fucking gross, disgusting, I mean, it, it's, it kills people, it literally kills people to do that, to say, oh, you can't be like this, and people, then you got their fucking VP, who, I, oh, man, anyway, whew. and I know the folks, I've got friends in Indiana, and they're like, we're glad he's gone, and I'm like, well, no, 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 we need to, like, get, get him out of the country, just leave, 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 and that's me being a very, that's me being very peaceful about how I honestly feel about it, very peaceful about it, I'd love it for all these folks just to wake up tomorrow and be like, wait a second, We're oppressing people. That's wrong. That would be the most ideal situation. But until that happens, we need to defend ourselves. And we can't lose any more people. And that brings me to another idea, which is like the kind of people's army. And I'm not a military person. I know a lot of folks who are in the military. I don't have a lot of... uh, I'm like, I'll make you guys sandwiches. I'll watch your kids. I can do some domestic work for you. Uh, I'm not really into like firing weapons or any of that stuff. Um, But in terms of like defending ourselves against folks who are trying to kill us, I think we need to start planning. We really do. And Stokely Carmichael has a great quote, uh, nonviolence only works if your uh, oppressor has a, or if your enemy, nonviolence only works if your enemy has a conscience. And then the following, the following part was like the, it's clear that the United States does not have a conscience. And I feel that way about some of these folks who have been elected and some of the followers, some of the people who are enacting violence, um, they don't have a conscience. They do not. The fucking, and I'll get into it, everything, the DAPL, the fucking pipeline, the fucking police, Shit in North Dakota and everywhere, fucking harming people. Whew. A lot of these people don't have a fucking conscience. So then what are we going to do to defend ourselves? And I've I've lost friends over this because I have a lot of friends who are very much like non-violence, on violence 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 And I'm like, yeah, in an ideal world, absolutely. I'm totally with that. But if people are like fucking firing at me, like I need a fucking shield and I need, I would rather be able to defend myself. So I think it's really clear and I think it's we really need to like, start talking about that. I don't know what, that, what that's gonna look like, and I know that sounds dangerous and scary, and I think it's even scarier just to, like, let it happen. And I'm not someone who's willing to let it happen. Oof. Oh. On that note, the song I was gonna play for for Jill Stein, uh, it's Pet Shop Boys song, and this kind of just goes into, she's been just perceived, I don't know, this, the transition, I know, was not that hot. But, um... I feel like it's it's kind of just in tune with what the kind of vitriol that she's been receiving, and it makes me so angry. And I've got some Jill Stein pins, and I've got some Jill Stein so- signs, and it's like, I don't need to wave it in people's faces. Um, it just feels so frustrating how the left has so turned on itself. And especially on the progressive end, too, it's like the things, if you're looking at the concrete issues, and again, the more it's like party lines, and again, I recognize and respect folks who are in the complete anarchist, like the whole system's fucked up, doesn't matter what the politician says. I totally get that, and I agree with that as well. And I think for folks who are playing within the system and want to change it from within the inside, I'm I'm happy to support them as well. Like, we need people on all, all hands on deck, is the saying, because I know a lot about ships. No, I don't. So... I, I support that, like, I support what she was standing for, and I feel like people would get really angry, like, d- fellow lefties get really angry if I would express my support for her, and I'm like, but things that she's, t- the issues, the issues she's talking about, like, get rid of student, like, student loan debt, like, uh, get, get, you know, like, ending mass incarceration, like, legalizing drugs, like, making sure people have healthcare, like, how is that problematic? How are you gonna get angry at me for supporting these things? Like, complete you know, LGBTQ rights, all that stuff, how... How, how was that wrong? Whew. Anyway, this song goes out to her. It was written before she was, uh, I don't know how long she's been a doctor, to be honest. But, and it's probably not what the Pet Shop Boys and Dusty Springfield had in mind, but here we go. Welcome back. Um, got some pretty terrible news during that song. Uh, so a friend posted that a trans woman uh, took her own life tonight. And apparently Trump supporters are flooding her suicide note post with hate-filled comments. So all the more reason to start our fucking army and get rid of these people. I am so serious. Um, how, I mean, talk about not having a conscience. Talk about not having a conscience. fuck. Uh, I'm just enraged. Totally enraged. And I think about... I'm not going to read the other piece I was going to talk about that talks about the what if, you know, for trans folks. I mean, I don't... I hate that in order to prepare, like, that it could lead to... That folks are really... Getting really scared. People are really getting scared right now. And uh, we need to fight back. Uh, Makes me... My heart is fucking breaking. I'm not sure. I haven't heard the name of the person yet. I don't know if I know her or not. It doesn't matter because the fact that this is happening and continues to happen and that people have the fucking audacity to, to comment on that, I mean, I would go to each one of their fucking, I mean, talk about, I mean, I don't understand how someone can just say, you know, let it go or, or try to be peaceful um, when these people are, I mean, how, how dare you? How fucking dare you? A friend of mine, uh, Lauren Barton, who was on the show um, maybe last year, wrote a piece recently just about how, you know, straight men or just cis men need to really align themselves with trans women and and the trans trans folks in general. And he was saying how he was surprised that um, on this this piece he wrote, which was great, um, that a lot of folks were um, commenting negatively on it and they just still can't quite see it. They can't see these women as women. And, you know, he was startled by it. And that's something that so many folks fucking go through. Um, It's just... It's just disgusting. So then, on one hand, I'm like, how do we prepare for the worst and defend ourselves against the worst all the while trying to take care of each other and recognizing that um, that it can spread and that it does spread? I've lost a number of friends this year. And last... And these are folks who are good people, really good people. And because of their identity, I have just fucking want revenge so badly. I want revenge so badly. I'm um, just feeling pretty heartbroken right now. And I'm feeling heartbroken for all the folks out there we won't hear, hear about. And for the folks out there who are going to put their transition on hold. And for the folks out there who are, there's even talks of people detransitioning. I mean, that's what it's, that's what it's been like. That makes me so fucking angry. And that's also, and I know it's easier said than done, but like this idea of like, if folks are going to be taking their own lives, I'd rather, you know, we need a band together and take the lives of these fucking fascists at the end of the day. If that's what it's going to come down to, if that's what it's going to come down to, then that, that has to happen. I'm just tired of this. It's been happening for far too long. And also when we think about marginalized communities, there's so far many of us, there's so many of us. We have them outnumbered. We just need to learn how to work together and listen to each other and really think about intersectionality and how a lot of us are oppressed based on the bodies we've been born into at the end of the day. And we a lot of it, we've got the same folks beating us down We need to find a way to come together and fight back. And, you know, what's the saying? If not now, when? I'm just... Oh so fucking sickened by this I'm sickened i really want to i mean just every single person who made a fucking comment i'm just how, wh- where is like wh- who it's like not even like who raised you it's like it's like how does even one get to a pl- someone takes their own fucking life and the thing is it's like it's never these it's not like ever these like super like right-wing politician it's like it's never like the folks who are causing a lot of harm these are like who end up being like maybe i shouldn't be here it no i am just disgusted and really saddened by this really really saddened by this and enraged and angry i also feel like as someone on the trans masculine side of the spectrum i don't really believe in gender or that i have a gender or any of that shit but i recognize i'm viewed as masculine and I feel like those of us who are viewed as masculine, we have a duty to fucking just bring hell. We all do, but like there's a certain safety involved with certain folks with their, with our bodies and how we can move through the world. And we need to, and I'm saying this for myself too, need to find a way to fight back because this has to stop. It has to stop. Fucking shit, man. Well, I'm definitely not going to read the other fucking article. There was an article that was posted. If you're curious about it, you can contact me. I've shared it on one of my pages. And again, it's like, and I, I believe in it though. It's like, I believe people need to be prepared to, to protect themselves and to save themselves, but not everyone has the option to leave the country. So, and also, you know, if folks leave the country, then it's like, people are still going to be here. It's not like, even if every single trans person, and there's 1.4 million trans adults in this country, at least, even if we all just were to get up and leave, and of course, hopefully we would take our friends and our family with us, uh, there'd still be some here. There'd be people being born every fucking day. So leaving isn't going to, it might save us in the short term, but like in the long term. Fuck. So fucking angry. I mean, I hate that it's like pushing us to be to become violent to defend ourselves. That's what it's gonna. That's what it's. That's what's going to happen. That's really what's going to happen. Oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. I'm gonna play a a nice song for this person. Um, I don't. Again, I don't know the name yet. I don't know what music they liked. Um. What's a good, beautiful song? I also feel a lot of fucking rage. If I could play a song that would make all these people who are commenting on the post, you know, these mean people, just fucking disappear, I'd, I'd, I'd play that in a heartbeat. Fuck. Nothing, you know. I'm thinking of. I mean, there's some that feel alright, but. Oh, just feels really sad really fucking sad and it doesn't stop and people don't realize like how you know like it's not just the violent actions like this it's not just people being killed or killing themselves it's like the little everyday things it's still going to a place where they have two different bathrooms you can choose from even though there's a fucking toilet in both it's filling out forms where there's an m or an f it's before people are even being born people asking the, the parent uh what 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 sex is a, is a kid gonna be It's, oh, fuck. It's hard to, to tell, you know, for some of us, it's like, are we just from the future or is just everything just not fucking fast enough? What is it? Because it doesn't feel right. It doesn't make any sense. And again, it goes beyond, you know, we all make mistakes. I make mistakes. I was thinking yesterday about things I could have, like things I wanted to do and didn't do and like not trusting my instincts and things like that. And I fucking hope I never have caused anyone so much fucking pain that some of these people are causing We'll do a moment of silence. I know it's radio, but... You can always do a moment of silence, right? Um... Alright, so here's a song I was going to play a little bit later. Um... It kind of goes on with the theme though. It's just uh, about how it's like what causes violence and that's fear.
1: Tends to watch the way she breathed. Yeah, she's a mother of violence. You know, self defense is all you need. It's good and hard to breathe. It's so hard.
0: And welcome back. That was Peter Gabriel with uh, Mother of Violence. Oh, fuck. 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 Well, might as well just keep rolling with the bad news. Something to prepare for. So, uh, Milo Yanopoulos, who's this uh, white nationalist, white supremacist, is coming to California. And so folks are preparing for that. Um, He's pretty, ugh, gross. And I'll read a little bit about him. Uh... So... Ugh. Really, he's just not okay. Anti-Muslim, xenophobic, misogynist, queer and transphobic. Uh, He works for Breitbart um, and widely publishes his oppressive views. And he's planning to be at UC Berkeley on February 1st. I'm, I'm for free speech and I'm also for not listening to fucking hate speech when people are fucking dying. Um... So in the, in the post, there's a note, and it says, note that Richard Spencer, the head of the NM- NPI, who had their white supremacist conference in D.C. last weekend, where the crowd uh, literally, uh, they yelled, literally yelled Nazi slogans and Hitler saluted, the rise of Trump, visited UC Berkeley in May of this year, and a large group of neo-Nazis rallied on campus with, surprise, police protection. Cannot fucking depend on the police. Cannot um so there's an article that's on indiebay.org you can find more information and so here we go so he'll be at uc Davis. it's like fucking reading like a fucking concert calendar like where's he on tour next where is this where are these fucking assholes coming and we need to prepare and like also protect folks so he'll be at uc davis on uh january 13th uc santa barbara january 16th cal poly L- slo san luis obispo January 31st, UC Berkeley, February 1st, UCLA, February 2nd, University of San Diego on February 2nd as well. Fuck this guy. Fuck him. Fuck. Fuck. Uh, another friend was posting, uh, there's a comment thread again about, you know, nonviolence. And and another friend was like arguing about, you know, burning shit down when you need to. And that's definitely where I'm leaning. And I recognize in the long run, that's like not the goal. You know, that's not, for, sustainab- for sustainability, violence is not not the goal, um, and I think about what about in self-defense though, because that's what we're coming up against. There's been too many instances so far um, and you know, looking back at history, like fuck looking back at history, you know it, it can't be like hey let's let's have a chat here. If people aren't willing to fucking chat, if people already have their fucking guns drawn how do we how do we respond to that nonviolently? And I'm all open for ideas if you want to call in. Four one five 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 zero zero five one one. Again, recording this on uh, Wednesday, November twenty third. So, if you're listening right now, then you can call in. You can also call in even if it's not, then, but you'll just talk to someone who's not me, most likely. Fuck. Anyway, that's the that's the theme of the day is fuck. What are we gonna do? How are we gonna plan? I'm so fucking upset about this. Ugh. I mean, that's the thing is like other people are also waking up to it too. People are being like, oh yeah, there's a lot of sh- Shit happening, so that's that's good. Um, I'm gonna turn my attention to North Dakota with the Dakota Access Pipeline. I've been talking about talking about that for a few months now. Here, more and more people have gone out there to protest. The fucking police are and military forces are severely injuring people. And I'm gonna play an interview that was on Democracy Now with uh, the father of this woman, uh, Sof- Sophia Wolanski who's um. Um actually her sister is a friend of a friend of mine. And, you know, even it's a, it's a thing too. It's like even if, you know, we're not connected, it's still we're connected. But it it makes it that much it shouldn't fucking even matter, who knows who. It really shouldn't. It's a human fucking being. Um so she was someone who was there. <coughs> nonviolent again, see that's the thing. It's like they're being nonviolent and they're still fucking attacked. And it's not like, oh oops, I accidentally fired my fucking weaponry at you. It's like these fucking cops were aiming they're doing it on purpose and they're taking pleasure in it these are fucking sociopaths we need to defend ourselves so here's an interview on democracy now <laughs> excuse me uh with her father
2: i'm filling in for amy goodman she's on assignment and we'll be back on monday in Minneapolis, 21 year old activist Sophia Walinski has been undergoing a series of surgeries after reportedly being hit by a concussion grenade during the police attack against water protectors fighting the $3.8 billion Dakota Access Pipeline in North Dakota Sunday night. The Standing Rock Medic and Healer Council says 300 people were hurt in the attack, with the injuries including hypothermia from being sprayed by water cannons in sub freezing temperatures, seizures, loss of consciousness, and impaired vision as a result of being shot by a rubber bullet in the face. On Sunday night, Sophia Wilinski was evacuated and airlifted to a Minneapolis hospital after suffering a critical injury to her left arm. Photos show parts of Sophia's left arm nearly blown away, with her arteries, muscle and bone exposed. A warning to our TV audiences, these photos are graphic. This is Army veteran Brandy King of the Fort Belknap Reservation, who helped transport Sophia after she was injured. King served in the U.S. Army for eight years, including in a combat tour in Mosul, Iraq.
3: I can't even explain to you how that felt because you don't really—I guess you don't expect those kind of wounds happening when when they're not in combat. That was just—just just felt like it was a combat wound, you know, looked like it was a combat wound. She had shrapnel wounds. She didn't have any burns. Her arm was split open. Her skin, her flesh was ripped off of her arm. Her bones were broke.
2: The Morton County Sheriff's Department is claiming the police are not responsible for her injury and that concussion grenades were not used during the police attack. Well, for more, we're joined in Minneapolis by Sophia's father, Wayne Walensky. Mr. Walensky, thank you so much uh, for joining us on Democracy Now! Could you tell us, first off, how your daughter, Sophia, is now?
4: Um, she is uh, resting, and uh, she had a second surgery yesterday, so they could try to clean out. The open wound; she still has an opening from her elbow to her wrist. Um, there's no flesh there, um, and uh, she's resting comfortably. And uh, she will have a third surgery on Friday.
2: And Mr. Walensky, uh, what about your response uh, to the claims made by the Morton County Sheriff's Department that um, they were not that the police were not responsible for the concussion grenades? Yeah, they're they're ridiculous.
4: Uh, Apparently, they've changed their story three times since the incident occurred. Um, My daughter is very clear about the fact that she was being shot at the time. She's got bullet wounds on her body. um, And she was backing away at the time, and she was trying to reach for a shield so that the bullets wouldn't hit her at the time that uh, the uh, concussion grenade hit her in the arm and exploded. Witnesses that I've spoken to said that, um, that it takes seven seconds for these uh, concussion grenades to go off, and instead of throwing them on the ground, they pulled the plug, held them for five seconds, and threw them directly at her. So I'd say that the the comments from the Morton County Sheriff's Department are utterly absurd and ridiculous, and not worthy of a shred of belief.
2: And the doctors also found shrapnel in her wound.
4: Yes, her. Uh, Treating um, vascular surgeon um, told me after the surgery that he was he pulled as much out as, as he thought he could, and the second day was to clean it out and make sure that they didn't leave anything in there. They try to get as you have to get all of the debris out, otherwise, you, you, you can't uh, all the tissue will get infected, and, and the whole arm will die anyway. So, yes, he, he, he pulled all the shrapnel out. Apparently, it went to pathology, so it's in the hospital records.
2: Well, Wayne uh, Walensky, I want to ask you about the FBI agents who visited your daughter's hospital room yesterday. At least one of the FBI agents was wearing a jacket from the Joint Terrorism Task Force. Democracy Now! reached out to the FBI Tuesday, but the agency refused to comment. Can you explain what the FBI agents were doing at the hospital yesterday?
4: Well, obviously, it was a very intrusive and—it uh, uh, was a very hard time, and Sophia was being waiting to go to surgery. They were basically keeping us prisoner inside her hospital room, um, waiting for a warrant, which never came. Um, They didn't tell us what they were there for for many hours. Um, Eventually I got to speak to a supervisor and uh, learned that uh, what they were looking for was her clothing, and uh, I did uh, eventually consent. I had taken her clothing. Um, back to my hotel room the night before, and I did consent to give them the the clothing eventually after talking to the supervisors, Um, I have an unwritten agreement, but I put it in writing anyway, um, that they will give me access to those materials so that I could test them as well, and that they will preserve and uh, not destroy that evidence, because I would want to see it and I would want to have it uh, forensically tested myself.
2: And uh, very quickly, before we conclude, uh, Mr. Walensky, what is it that you're demanding now?
4: Well, what's, what I'm demanding is, number one, clear that bridge, because it took many, many hours to get Sophia airlifted out of there, and there are people that are going to die there. They need to clear that bridge so that people can get to hospitals. They need to have uh, someone—the st- the president, President Obama, has to step in there and stop this. Um, they're drilling now, even though they don't have a permit. Um, the Army Corps of Engineers has asked them to stop. The Army Corps of Engineers has said that they were not going to issue a permit until after they did further environmental studies and spoke with the tribe. And yet they go ahead and set all the drills in place, and they continue. They're probably drilling under the river right now as we speak. Um, and it's a very, very dangerous situation there, and that's, that's just thing number one. Number two is they have to demilitarize the police there. There's no reason that the police should be intentionally trying to kill people, maim people. Um, and this has to stop
2: well i want to thank you very much for joining us from minneapolis wayne wilinski father of 21 year old activist sophia wilinski
0: <clears throat> all right and welcome back so i'm going to read a few more comments here um, from folks who are at standing rock uh some of these have been shared one is from a friend of mine uh, from college who's over there and uh, another one just a, a post that's been shared so i wanted to yeah, again, all these, I mean, the fucking, I mean, this happens all the time. The police attack people and then they twist their stories. They lie about their stories. Like, oh, no, we were being threatened. Oh, meh, meh, meh. Fuckers. They're dangerous. They're dangerous and they need to be stopped. So this is from uh, Mail Hampton and Mail writes, uh, that's M A I L E. Mail writes, everyone, I'm okay. I didn't get arrested. The cops straight up attacked us. Use everything but live ammunition. I got shot in the kneecap, tear gassed, and sprayed with a freezing freezing water cannon for literally just standing there with my shield. I'm looking like a weakling on crutches. These cops are attacking us for protecting this land and this water. Others were shot in the chest and in the head. The freezing water cannon has chemicals in it that is making our faces burn. If you want to really see who the police are protecting and serving, don't stop watching what's going on here in Standing Rock, please. We need people on the outside to spread these stories. We stood there with our hands up, begging for peace, and we were all met with violence. And all we were met with was violence. That is the role of the state to protect. Uh, excuse me, to protect money and corporations by any means. But the people, we are determined to defend our land, and the people, and the people, we are <laughs> determined to defend our land and the people. And we're <laughs> de- ugh. We are determined to defend our land and the people Water by any means necessary Don't pity me, I'll be fine Spread this shit Make people aware I'm just gonna scroll down here Make people aware that we are being attacked Hashtag no fucking D-A-P-L Hashtag um, mini wikoni That's M-N-I-W-I-C-O-N-I Hashtag by any means necessary So there you hear it Fuck, fuck and I'm going to go down and uh, share another um another brief snippet from another person who's there. And this is from uh Xyla uh Larla Day. Um so I'm going to read what what uh Zylam Larla has to say. And uh they say hey y'all, hi y'all. So still no f- <laughs> you take a break. This is intense. All right. So Xylem says, hi y'all, still no phone, lost on bridge. Just a few minutes on the FB before I go back to camp. Sorry, not replying individually. Thanks for the love. I am okay. Still working out of the medic yurt village in Osseti, out of the herbal red door. These injuries we are seeing, they are intense. This is real. Headshots, shots to privates, targeting native people. Medic shot in their red cross like a bullseye. I sat with a native woman last night screaming in pain, and it brought up anger for me towards the people who did this. She said, "No, we can't let them make us angry, and we have hate, or we turn in, and we have hate, or we turn into DAPL. We need to stay in prayer and love." I cried last night digesting it all, and so I just keep making tea and picking up trash and perpetually getting ready to take care of the next round of mace. Tear gas and rubber bullet wounds. Please call your Congress people and Obama and raise hell. It's time to stop this. And then Xylum thanks uh, Naima Pennyman for the shower and to give thanks f- um, for blessing up the people with the song. Love y'all. So fuck. Jeez. Oh, and um, here's another clip i'm gonna play and then i'll also find a number um where you can call um been doing that on the you know we can i don't have a lot of faith i mean that's a thing too is if i not i already had lost faith in the faith in the system a long time ago um but then it's like when stuff like this happens and like how can you fucking not step up for it how can you not say anything about it when you're in a position of power what do you have to fucking lose besides i guess your deals with the energy companies but seriously if all of us are like talking about it if we're all saying something about it so here's a clip. <sighs>
5: and
0: it's getting the chords a little bit funny here, so I'm trying to get the audio in here correctly. Hold on one moment, please, while we get that all straightened out. Shouldn't say straightened out. While we get it all fixed, working correctly. Is that terminology good? Yeah, the chords here a little bit funny. I'm gonna hear that buzzing sound, so I'm just talking through this as we get it all set up. Morton County,
3: Morton County had a meeting.
0: Oh, and that's the video. So, tech issue not on our on our end for once. <laughs> um, so just stay tuned and listen to this, and it'll come through very shortly. And this is from the Iraq Veterans Against the Wars page.
3: had a meeting tonight and we were able to talk with them about our concerns as veterans, about the unnecessary escalation of force um, and things that are happening that are really hurting people such as throwing concussion grenades at people. Uh, This happened where they threw a concussion grenade and they hurt a woman named Sophia so badly it looked like she might have to lose her arm. All the flesh was lost between the elbow and the wrist here. And we asked them, you know, who's a, what authority do you have to do something about the unnecessary use of violence towards water protectors? Um, and then uh, my friend Garrett here shared his. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell him what you what you said?
6: Well, I explained uh, that I was a sniper in Iraq and that I had seen brutal occupations of other countries and uh, that uh, I. I explained that in a lot of ways our police force here is so militarized that they're better equipped than my scout platoon was in Iraq, and that the use of force and their tactics uh, wouldn't even be accepted by conventions of war, and that uh, you know a lot of things that gave me pride about my military service was the willingness to sacrifice myself for the betterment of my communities and the, the people that I, were, I was protecting, and that the sheriff had failed to do so and that his his uh, leadership was shameful. It was shameful for the county, it was shameful for the state, and shameful for our country. And uh, we asked that uh, that the commission join us in asking for the resignation of the sheriff.
3: You know, one of the things that we've noticed as veterans is that we get deployed into areas and we have to use de-escalation tactics that our own police department departments back here in the United States don't have to use and it seems like an unnecessary escalation of violence and an over-militarized force uh, reacting to people using their constitutional rights to talk about issues that need to be handled through the courts. So that's what we brought our concerns as veterans and we also prayed with the county commissioner for Sophia, for the water protectors to ask for a de-escalation of violence that seems to be keeping on increasing from the Morton County Sheriff's Department. The county commissioners responded, said they do not have jurisdiction to be able to call for the resignation of the sheriff, even though they have the fiduciary responsibility over the sheriff's office. They said that we could go to the attorney general, but they said they would carry out their responsibility in reading the report from the United Nations on the documentation of the human rights abuses uh, conducted by the Morton County Sheriff Department.
2: Thanks, y'all.
0: Awesome. Okay, so more more evidence of just how fucking corrupt these militarized folks are. Um, so here's going to be a link. Here's going to be a link. <laughs> I am about 57 minutes into the show, and that's how I'm talking. Um, so this comes from Jane Sanders, friend of the people. And uh, there's a link, let's see, here. Phone numbers... Um, for senators and members of Congress to contact them. That's something that people have been doing a lot. Some about the uh, getting on Paul Ryan about, you know, wanting to maintain the Affordable Care Act. There's been some folks who've been like into the whole, let's recount the votes thing. Um, there's other folks who are, uh, well, oh yeah, some folks are <laughs> actually calling about the the DAPL. Oh yeah, so you can go to this um, this site and that is... Um, it's the house, it's the, I've never been to this site before. Office of the Clerk, U.S. House of Representatives. Um, or U.S. House of Representing, if you've seen Idiocracy, which is a a movie right before its time talking about how everyone's getting dumber. Okay, 114th Congress. That's so old. House of Representatives for the United States, of the United States. This is from November 14th. Uh, I think it's probably still valid. Uh, If you go to clerk.house.gov forward slash member underscore info forward slash um m-c-a-p-d-i-r dot a-s-p-x oh that's a lot i know but if you type in if you go to the office of the clerk and you can look for the house of representatives and their phone numbers they have representatives by different states and their districts and their phone numbers also their room numbers so go in and contact them let's look for some other numbers shall we while we're here um senate.gov yeah if you go to senate.gov forward slash okay this is a lot easier Another one, go to senate.gov forward slash senators forward slash contact. Again, senate.gov forward slash senators forward slash contact. And you can find email addresses and phone numbers where you can contact your senators. Tell them no DAPL and also pull off the fucking cops from killing people, harming people. Terrible, terrible news. Um, I called Obama earlier. I didn't call him. I mean, I did. I called the office. Didn't really get a chance to talk to him, but you know how that goes. And I'll be looking for that number. I posted it somewhere. It's here somewhere. White House comment line. I mean, there's so much to comment on. Where do you even start? How about how about we get rid of this all altogether, Peacefully. Um, so I'm currently doing that. You can also, I'm sure. I'm not sure, but like... You can also uh, find ways to to contact representatives. Spread the word. I know a lot of folks are on this now, and I've it's been great seeing the momentum grow. A lot of folks have gone out there, and also just prepare for people if they do go out there. The idea is just to go out there and support. Don't do it just to be fucking cool or whatever. People are saying that Jane Fonda's going out there to serve Thanksgiving. And also like that's that's tomorrow, which will be yesterday when this show plays again on the air. I mean that whole. I mean if you can't fucking see the irony in this, like Native Americans are being fucking attacked on this this holiday that we're, that we're told from when we're kids is supposed to, like, celebrate, you know, peace, you know, and it's, like, fucking pilgrims coming in and fucking shit up. I think last year, around this time, I played the clip from The Addams Family 2. Addams Family Values, great movie. Um, and I'll have to post that again, because it's just what they teach you in schools, and it's still continuing to happen. Oh, yeah, Call People in Power. Jack Dalrymple. It's a, there's a lot of governors in this country that I so many. Snyder's one. Ugh, gross. Gross, gross, gross. One of my absolute least favorites is Scott Walker in Wisconsin. He's just terrible. Anyway, blech. here's another one. Jack Dalrymple, Governor of North Dakota. You can call him and give him a piece of your mind. Give him some of my some of my anger. Take some of my anger with you and be like, "What are you doing?" You can call him 701-328-2200. Again, that's that's Jackie D, the Governor of North Dakota, letting bad things happen. 701 701- 328-2200. Also, the Army Corps of Engineers uh, demand to reverse the permit, and their number is 202-761-5903. Again, 202-761-5903. I'm looking at this at the paper, papermag.com, and the article is How to Support No Dapple Protesters, and that's, again, N-O-D-A-P-L, Protesters, so you can find the information written if you'd like. And also, the executives, the dickheads, Maybe it's an insult to dicks and an insult to heads by calling them that. Dickheads at Energy Transfer Partners, the company building the pipeline, because money is more important than the fucking planet. Fucking capitalism ruins everything. I. Lee Hansey is the executive vice president. His number... Oh, wait. That's not it. Ha! <laughs> There's a one, a lowercase Roman numeral one. His name is not I. Lee. That was a mistake. I will accept that I made a mistake, and I apologize. His name is Lee. I'm assuming it's a he. The previous show I was listening to, I was, like, making a comment about how, like... Men are pretty terrible. Like Someone did something wrong, and I'm like, I'm assuming it's a dude who did this, and sure enough, it was. I'm assuming this Lee is male. If I'm wrong, I apologize, but I'm like 99% sure this Lee, who is an executive vice president of an energy corporation who's doing evil things, is male. Maybe maybe he's really female. Maybe she's female, and that's why they're so upset, and, they're, and she's fucking things up. Who knows? Anyway, you can call Lee and say, listen, don't do this. Lee's number is 210 4036455. Again, you can call Lee who's the Executive Vice President of Energy Transfer Partners at 210 403 6455 There's the Vice President, Glenn Emery. Glenn's number is 210-403-6762. Again, that's 210-403-6762. I feel like before I do the show, first of all, I forgot a trigger warning. Sorry. News news program, trigger warning. Everything's terrible. People are killing each other. <sighs> Um, also, you know, grab a pen so you can like write down these things and, 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 and act. And that's like, an important thing too. It's, um, to take action. And I recognize, I, I mean, I feel like I'm an armchair activist, like literally, there's no, there's no, there's no arm, there's no holders, holders. There's no armchair. There's, none, there's nothing to rest my arms on on the chair I'm sitting on at the moment, but I do feel like what I'm doing right now is pretty passive. Like, I'm just—I well, guess it's good to spread information, and it's good to have it in an uncensored way. It's good to have another venue for it, especially where information is—there's a lot of misinformation and a lot of false information and a lot of biased information. And, of course, I'm coming from a fucking biased end where I want human beings to survive. Okay. Um... I mean, I feel like, you know, I'm like, this is what I'm doing is just, I have the time and I'm going to share this information. That's what I'm going to do. And there's a lot of ways people can you, can, you can call, you can write, you can spread the word, you can go be there in person, you can have conversations with people who might not be aware this is happening, you can shop locally, you cannot shop at all. That's a big one. Fuck. There's a lot of things we can do. And I know there's always a lot of infighting, not always, but yeah, I feel like there's a lot of infighting, especially among activist communities and among the left. And there's this like, wah, 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 you can't do this. And I, I recognize I take part in that. So I'm not saying that I don't. <sighs> I'm trying really hard to not to absolve myself, but just to also recognize I can be super hypocritical. I recognize that capitalism doesn't leave a lot of room to be authentic and kind and totally sincere all 100% of the time. There's not a lot of leeway for that. Speaking of Lee, the next person, Michael Cliff Waters, lead analyst, 713-989-2404. I really like doing this show at night. 713-989-2404. You can also sign a petition asking the White House to stop their shit, in particular the the DAPL construction. They have a link to that. There's also, you can donate to the Standing Rocks Health Clinic, um, and also donate or volunteer to help the Medic and, and Healer Council um, up, Also, you can call... Ooh, you can call the fucking Morton County Sheriff's Department. Fuck those guys. This guy, Kyle Kirkmeyer, dickhead, uh, protesting the orders he's given to use militarized force against peaceful protesters. You can call Kyle. Kyle. Hey, seriously, Kyle. 701-667-3330. Again, that's 701-667-3330. Now... And then a number for Obama if you can find it. I'm sure you should be able to find a number to reach the White House. I'll leave that up to you, faithful listeners. I'm going to find a clip from uh, uh, Von Jones who – excuse me, um, about – where was it? I had it before. That's something that happens here. Um, Yes. Uh, from Van Jones. Paul. in my mispronunciation. That's okay. So this is uh, water is life. Oil is death. So uh, yeah, listen listen to this. This is like so right on. And this it's is as a-
7: simple as I can say it. Water is life. Oil is death. Water is life. Oil is death. That's not hyperbole. That's not hyperbole. What is oil? Oil is some stuff that's been dead for millions and millions of years. Oil has been dead for 60 million years. Coal has been dead for 150 million years. Somebody got a brainstorm to go and dig up a bunch of dead stuff and then burn it. Burn it in their engines. Burn it in their power plants. And now they're shot. They're shot that having pulled death out of the ground. We now have death in the lungs of our children in the forms of asthma. And we now have death on our oceans in the form of oil spills. And we now have death from the skies in the form of climate chaos. What did you think was gonna happen when you started digging up all this death? What did you think was gonna happen? So we stand for life. Let's power. A new civilization based on the living sun, based on the living wind, based on the living imagination of our children, and based on the cleanliness and the purity and the sacredness of our water. Thank you very much.
0: So awesome. It's so right on. Again, that's uh, Van Jones, water is life and oil is death. Hashtag no DAPL. You can find that on YouTube and that came out on September 19th. So fuck yeah, totally right on i think it's time for another musical break it's been quite a show already it's and it's interesting doing it here in the evening uh usually when i do this on fridays it's the afternoon i got the rest of the day ahead of me and this is more nighttime um so just kind of geared up for this thank you so much for listening this is the weekly review with roman usually on fridays from noon to 2 p.m here at mutiny radio uh usually you can listen to house of pride radio it's an awesome show with uh Tweeka turner and pearl tees and that's wednesdays i'm already losing it wednesdays from 6 to 8 p.m listen to mutiny radio you can download us on itunes that's pretty great we have shows and events here every day of the week listen there's a lot of good stuff there's comedy there's politics there's music uh talk radio opinions non-opinions uh whatever and also if you'd like a show come check us out you can check out mutinyradio.fm it's the for, uh, formerly the Pirate Cat Radio Collective um, and you can find there's there's opportunities if you would like a show if you have something to say and odds are you do we have a lot of people talking a lot of shit that don't say anything important or helpful and in the world and it's great for you to have a voice so if you have something you might like to say then come check us out we're located on the corner of 21st and Florida here in San Francisco a town that fucking town city that vote 10% of San Franciscans voted for Trump so that's how you know the shit's going downhill Real bad, real fast. Ugh, disgusting. Super disgusting. Um, ugh, ugh. Where are we? What are we doing? What music am I going to play? That's a great question. Kind of decided very last minute that I would uh, do this show, record it early. And so I didn't really pick out too many music musical sections ahead of time. I've actually already played them both. Um, here's a bad religion. I just have a lot of bad religion songs, but, you know, they're they're punk and, you know, whatever. Um, I got another one I'm going to play real soon, too. But for now, here's some here's bad religion and I'll get some more music for you very shortly.
8: Shame today Let's say we try To get this right Set the plutocrat To Jesus Christ And when the old fox I can't escape your mass. You see, I'm forced to die, I'm forced to fight. But I've been so a cage, so my rage, i misunderstood. I did what I could, I made my try. I fight that. I've died, i the bride. But I've been a cage. Show my rage. I'm misunderstood, I did what I could I made my try, i find that I die Going home by money, I still my I my name I'm shot, Not a fence, i am getting it the I never in a world of there's no regret I'm not I'm to a world of Not no war, I'm No I can't you, I said No war, no king, I can't you, said I think you can war. can the you born to die. I'm born to die. Well, I've been in rage. i misunderstood. I did what I could. I've not my try. I'm born to die. Going my mind is right, I'm to the fence. I live in a world of hate. we I'm not just saying a wretch. We're I'm not just saying war. say. No war. I think you can fast,
0: Okay, that was MDC, which band's name stands for uh, Millions of Dead Cops with Porn to Die So I found out about that song very recently uh, Through Green Day, of course uh, They performed at the AMAs And they, they changed some of the lyrics They like covered some of that song And changed it to No Trump, No KKK, No Fascist USA And I remember back back in the day when in the nineties, there was some, you know, I grew up in the Bay area and there was some, some folks were like, Oh, green day, you know, they're, they're from Berkeley and they were on lookout records, I believe. And they're, they had signed to like a major label and there were people like, Oh, sellouts, sellouts. Rah, rah, rah. And they're like, well, if you don't know, if you don't, if you don't do this, we, we won't know. And then, you know, the jury was out, or I guess the jury wasn't out. People had their opinions, whatever. And then of course, you know, something like this happens where they get to perform on, you know, on network fucking television and say this, uh, and it's like, okay, well, was that was the fucking right decision at that time, for sure, um, because to have access to that, and to be able to speak that message, you know, fuck, good, good, and poor people are upset about it, because people are like, I want to defend, you know, white supremacy, that's my voice for the folks who just need to shut the fuck up, okay, again, gonna take sides, also, here's a, here's a news story, this is from, um, Submedia, an anarchist news and resistance update site. So that's have that have what make of that what make that what you will. This kind of goes back into the DAPL uh, news. Uh, it's a G4S Van burned in solidarity with no DAPL. And a lot of this happens outside of the country. Um, we could learn perhaps. Okay, we received this anonymous uh, communique communique, uh, communique this morning, uh, published as is with no corrections and the original Danish below against the pipeline and it's world uh on the morning of the 20th of November we burned a G4S uh wagon which is a wagon <laughs> uh van in uh, Nordvest Copenhagen We did this as a gesture of complicity uh, to the spirit of the warriors defending their sacred lands against the construction of the Dakota Access Pipeline. With this humble action, we also want to send strength and love to all those who mourn the loss of the young warrior who died on his way to fight alongside Standing Rock. We mourn with you. No spiritual surrender. G4S is a security company with a long history of part Danish ownership, and they currently provide security for the construction of the pipeline after a series of arsons against the construction sites we hope our message of solidarity with fire reaches you all power to the communes (laughs) yeah so occasionally when i do this show there's fucking stories like that i mean and again it's like the positive stories of the the people fighting back against oppression people fighting back against really terrible things happening but we got to keep that up got to keep that up and happy to be able to provide stories like that for sure uh stories of solidarity and people taking action what would that look like um what would that look like if we we saw more of that here, you know? And we do see it, but we could use a lot more of that. There's a lot of things, proposed laws, I'm not going to get into because those are fucking shitty regardless. There's also a fucking watch list for professors who are somewhat lefty. So I'm proposing a watch list for, for murderous cops. Um, Joshua Cabilio is one. And uh, Roger Morse on the SFPD. They've murdered people. I started off, a, you know, like... I mean, if we're going to fucking name names, um, I think that's kind of important to do. And, uh, yeah. So Roger Morse, uh, murdered Alex Nieto and Joshua Cabilio murdered a 15 year old Derek Gaines. So I want to put those names out there, if you're, if people are going to like create fucking websites for prof- college professors that they don't agree with because they're too quote unquote lefty or suggesting alternate points of view that I think are correct. Um, perhaps we need to put out a, uh, a list of uh murderous police officers which isn't that going to be that fucking hard to find because there's a lot well there's a lot who are don't get you know they fucking get away with it but there's also a lot they even get named they even get brought to trial more of them need to be they all need to be um so um my suggestion is if you know if they're going to name names then we need to also name names of these murderous police officers Um, There's another article, men witness injury at Standing Rock dispute official account. So you can also find that um, that's on mtstandard.com. I'm going to also move around because like also just recognizing that the no DAPL is a huge story, then also recognizing there are other things that are happening and even some positive things and some movement in some good ways. So this will go to the last thing I just said, last thing I said the last story I was kind of talking about or mention this comes to the San Francisco examiner from Wednesday. That's today, November 23rd, uh, more black officers resigned from SFPD union over leadership's failure to address minority issues. So here we go. Here's something, some positive action happening. Uh, the, and this, they have a photo from the main entrance of the SFPD officers association office in San Francisco on August 31st. Uh, there was a, there was a rally in, in Oakland by Lake Merritt last Friday um and one uh, just about police brutality and many folks who have lost loved ones to police spoke and one thing that people are bringing up, I hate the fucking, the argument that some people who defend police will say, it's like, it's a, oh, it's a few bad apples and then you watch a video and it's like, no, they're just fucking, a lot of them are just fucking standing around. You know, you, you can't, it's not, that doesn't work. People keep on using that. <laughs> Uh, that wouldn't hold up in court because I'm getting super emotional. But there's this idea. The idea is that they all pay into the uh, police officers association. Like, if you're a union, in the union, union blah, 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 blah. if you're in a union, you pay union dues. So, even if folks, first of all, even if you're not fucking murdering people, you're also not stepping up to call out the people who are doing that. And I recognize that those folks get threatened too. But, like, hello, it could be your job. It is your job to serve and protect. So, stand up. If people are harming people, do your job and be like, hey, this fellow officer is doing this. Um, That aside, they're still – even if they're like – even if they don't know about it, for instance, they're still paying dues that go to the legal fees to defend the murderous cops in the first place. So they're all being complicit in it. (sighs) So this article is written by Jonah Owen Lamb, came out on November 23rd. Uh, Two more black San Francisco police officers have resigned from the city's powerful police union, claiming the organization has failed to serve its minority members and continues to be a roadblock to reform and rebuilding trust with the community. The San Francisco Police Officers Association has long been a vocal and at times divisive presence in city politics. While it never seems to back down from a perceived threat to its members, at times its full-throated presence has ranked those standing it, uh, in its way. One of those critics, the president of the Black Officers Association, Officers for Justice, tendered her resignation last week, and on Tuesday, two more police officers, two, ah, and on Tuesday, two more office holders in that organization have followed suit. It is our hope that officers will join in solidarity in this intentional boycott to bring about the change that we so desperately need, said Sergeant Yolanda Williams, the Black Officers Association president, who was first among the three to resign. Awesome. Williams cited the union's history of failing to include minority officers in its leadership and decision-making, and its continued failure to work toward healing wounds between the community and the police department as reasons for her resigning from the union. Last week, Williams wrote that as a dues-paying member of 27 years and a woman of color, I can no longer endure the SFPOA's exhibitions of insensitivity, narrow-mindedness, and refusal to respect other philosophical viewpoints. Nate Ballard, a representative of the union, said the organization had no comment. Fucking course they didn't. Fuckers. But last week, a POA statement on Williams' departure was sent to the San Francisco Examiner. We do not agree with many of the statements made by Yolanda Williams in her resignation letter, wrote POA President Martin Halloran in a statement. We are certain that the vast majority of our members, including officers of color, do not agree with her either. Oh, what a a fucking bunch of gaslighting dicks. Excuse me, that was my comment, not in the article. That was also not part of their statement, but, you know. uh, um, We are committed to diversity in our ranks. This week's resignations include Bayview Station Officer Monty Singleton, also OFJ's vice president and OFJ secretary Joanne Walker, who is an officer at Park Station. Singleton told the examiner that he resigned for several reasons. The first reason was the union's continued link to former head Gary DeLangness, who in May called SFPD sergeants snitches for reporting misconduct within rank within the rank and file. The second blow came when the union decided to chastise Colin Kaepernick, I didn't even realize they fucking did this, a quarterback of the 49ers for taking a knee during the national anthem, said Singleton. These two acts were compounded by leadership that has an unsavory fog clouding the road signs between right, wrong, and personal opinion, said Singleton. This combined with their apparent unwillingness to accept the hint of consideration for some internal improvements clearly represents the impact clearly represents an impasse in my willingness to actively be part of the POA organization at this time. Walker said she too had resigned, but did not comment further. While not a member of the union, since he is in a, since he is in department management, deputy chief Macaulay, I'm sorry, Mikhail Ali, the only department brass who is black, aside from acting chief, Tony Chaplin said the union has not historically had a diverse leadership. Historically, we have seen a lack of diversity in leadership uh, In leadership of the POA, Ali told the examiner. I'm not blaming them for their lack of significant representation of women and people of color in their leadership, nor I'm, uh, am I absolving them of this historical and contemporary shortcoming. What I am doing is pointing out an obvious opportunity for the current and future leadership to prioritize. Williams has been one of the most vocal public critics of the union and the role it plays inside the department and in the city's politics. After speaking at a, at the district attorney's blue ribbon panel about about a culture of us against them led by the union, POA leaders attacked Williams in a letter to its members. Ugh. In response to the union's critique of her statement, she told the examiner in February that it sends a clear message that when you go against what they believe in, you are then considered an outsider, an outcast, and they attempt to slander your name. After Williams was named in a series of racist text messages sent by a group of police, she increasingly began speaking out about the backward culture of the department, which she and others said was led by the POA. With the union's election coming up at the beginning of 2017, a leadership change could be on the horizon for the roughly 2,165 active member POA. Hmm. So there we go. There is, there is some change afoot. So bravo to the folks who are stepping up and stepping out of that union. And hopefully more will follow suit. Um, you know, it's, it's like a snowball. just keeps building. That's the right expression, right? Is it? It's getting late. 7.51 p.m. here, Mutiny Radio. It's a Wednesday. Perhaps you're listening on a Friday or another day in the future. But how's your day going? Is it good? Are you? Have you had some good surprises? Who knows? Hopefully things are getting better. And um, the more people who take action, the better it can get. Because we're not in this alone. And I think that's one thing that can be easy to forget, especially in times like these, is that we feel isolated. I can only speak for myself, but, you know, feeling isolated or feeling like, oh, But everyone I've been fucking talking to, every single person, uh, people I know well, people I don't know well, people online, people in person, there's a lot of this uh, animosity and this fear going around, and a lot of us are feeling it. And if we can do our best to not turn on one another, which I know is already an issue, <laughs> I mean, that's capitalism. Hey, it kind of forces people to turn on each other. If we can really look out for each other, and support one another, and not take our anger out on each other, and have each other's back, and not snitch on each other, um, and fight against the state, I think that would be totally awesome. Totally cute, guys. I've switched into my Cartman voice today. Did not see that coming. I did not. Ugh. Okay. Whew. So. <sighs> what is next? There's another story I'm going to get to. Um, I'm going to have some water first and I think maybe play some music. Um, last week, uh, there was a suggestion of playing some Nine Inch Nails and I played a song which I hadn't heard before. And they have an instrumental song, uh, that I didn't get a chance to play that I wanted to play. I haven't heard it in like a long time. I liked it back when I was in high school. Do, will I still like it? Let's find out. This is, uh, a warm place. and I guess that's how that song ends. I didn't remember it ending like that, which is why it's great to revisit the past sometimes. Here are some news stories that you might not have heard because some things aren't really uh, uh ugh. <laughs> some things aren't shared. You know, I I get to this place in the show where I um I get tired and there's a lot happening and um just wanting to give as much attention to everything as possible. A young a young person, a fifteen year old boy was shot and killed on Monday night by the name of James means um there's a fuck. There's a GoFundMe set up for funeral expenses for his family. Um the person who um Ugh just fucking Ugh just so terrifyingly sad. Just a fucking fifteen-year-old who was murdered. um So yeah, uh, his name is James Means, and I'm looking at his photo right now, you can go to the GoFundMe page. Um, you can donate money for James's family. Fuck, senseless murder. So please rest in power, James Means, and sending out a lot of love and support to James, your fan, your friends, your family. <sighs> Uh This shouldn't be happening. This really shouldn't be happening. <sighs> Fuck. So he was uh, fifteen years old and he was killed on Monday night. Um, the family's asking for anything you can give and they also say thank you for your support, kind words and messages. Um, for anyone to have to fucking go through this to lose a child and um just 15 years old. Just walking around. (sighs) Fuck. Fuck. We'll do another moment of silence. And this is why white premises need to be stopped immediately.
5: <sighs> I'm gonna.